You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. But I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't the president in the sense that uh, we think of a president today. All right, well, I've got an exciting, uh, like, really exciting study today. It's exciting, but is, is it bad that when it comes to this kind of, when, when the study, and it's already up there, grace giving, so you see giving right there, uh, is it a shame? Just help me work through this process, okay? The Bible has a lot to say about giving, doesn't it? Has a lot to say about giving. And how many of you know that giving is a blessing? How many of you have been blessed in giving? I mean, I think many of us, we have been blessed in giving. Uh, it's been a wonderful thing that we've been able to be a part of. It's, it's an act of worship, as I'll probably mention perhaps again at some other point. Uh, but when it comes to, but, but here I am, I've got a whole lesson on giving. I probably should have advertised that earlier so you could have decided whether or not to come. But it's something that people ought to want to come to. But at the same time, here's the other side to it. Um, let's see. If the Bible has so much to say about it, we ought to teach about it, right? But then here I am on this side saying, man, this would be a great time for us not to record it and for us not to have any visitors. What's wrong with that, though? What's wrong with me even having that thought or that feeling of like, oh, gosh, kind of hate that there's visitors. Gosh, should we even record today? You know what's wrong with it? I'm teaching the Bible. I'm teaching, and, and, and I don't have enough time to teach all that the Bible even has to say about it. But it's understandable, is it not? It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a battle that it feels like in some ways we've lost in our culture. The first time a preacher opens up the Bible and says, hey, and again, understand this, just like with everything else God wants to do in our lives, it leads to Jesus Christ. Remember, He came to give us life and more abundantly. And when it comes to giving, it has to do with us having life an abundant life it's a blessing to give it's more blessed to give than it is to receive i mean it's just such a wonderful wonderful principle but i say we've lost the battle in our culture when it comes to that being understood i run the risk today i run the risk today from since i'm opening up the bible and teaching up out of the bible I run the, list of, the risk today of somebody hearing and walking out of here today and says all that church cares about is money. I run the risk of somebody hearing on YouTube today or on the podcast and saying, yep, there's another one. All about the money. And here it is, I thought this was a good church and on down the line, but now it finally comes out. What they're really all about, you know. I run that risk today. And that's not, I want to just say, at the risk of sounding like a victim, that's not fair. That's not fair because God put these truths in His Word for a reason that I've already said a little bit about already. But now we do understand why, um, why we've lost that battle, at least to this point. We've got to keep fighting it. How many of you would like me to quit, preach, quit preaching about Jesus is the only way because it offends people? I hope no one would, like, would want me to quit preaching Jesus is the only way because that may offend somebody. I hope no one would want me to quit preaching another passage of the Bible. You know, one of the, things, one of the, one of the encouraging things about when you come to a Bible-preaching church is that a Bible-preaching church preaches the Bible. And we don't care what somebody else says about it. We're going to tell you what God says. 
But it, we ought to have that same attitude. If, 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 if we do that, it ought to be the same way when God talks about our giving. But give me some reasons why it's such a struggle in this day and age to preach about giving. I mean, you know them, so there's, this is the only have to be think about this. Why do people get the idea that when a church or a pastor gets up and preaches about money, why do people get funny about that? Oh my goodness, so much corruption. It's understandable. Um, it's understandable when, for most, we, 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 many of us, uh, we've, we've grown up with the televangelists, right? Uh, people, uh, you know, and then people younger than me, there's not as much the televangelist because it's not the televangelist thing, but there's still those dudes. There's still the, the pastors, you know, the, the pastor down in Georgia that was trying to get the church to buy him a private jet so that he could easier go back and forth between, uh, you know, reaching people or whatever. But I need a private jet to accomplish this. Uh, and, and the preachers that, uh, we, we've got a man in our church, we've got a man in our church uh, that I don't think he'd be ashamed to tell it because he's told it to many people, but that his family was, one of, was a family that was a big, strong supporter of Jim and Tammy Faye Baker. Remember Jim and Tammy? Uh, but, and, and they were just these people that uh, just, they, they, these televangelists, these crooks, these evil men that literally, Jim Baker's doghouse, Jim Baker had a doghouse that had heat and air conditioning in it, and every, every one of the, and it, had, and it had running water in it, and it was gold, I don't even think it was gold plated, I believe it was gold faucets in his doghouse. And there's literally poor people that are giving their grocery money, their bill money to this guy, and then he goes and puts, makes, makes this life for his dog. So you look at all that, and it's easy to understand how people can just say, oh my gosh, this is awful, because it, it is repulsive. And there is nobody more repulsed by that than God Almighty. Uh, when, when, when these, when these they're, they're liars, and they're greedy, and they're filthy, and they're evil men who are trying to make a merchandise of the people of God and become wealthy on the backs of God's people. And I mean just extremely wealthy. That's what they try to do. So, it's understandable that when we talk about giving that people get kind of funny about it, all right? But when I'm talking about giving today, I am not looking today. My dog, uh, I am not trying to get money for my dog to have uh, a heat and air doghouse. If anything, just, I just need enough money to put him down, okay? Um, that's about where we are there, so I don't need much. Um, and so, but I'm not, I'm not trying to get money from the church for that, all right? Uh, I am not... Uh, the, the, the money that's given to this church isn't just, whoop, man, given to the pastor, and man, there it goes. Uh, the, church that, the money that's given to this church goes for the operating of this church, and it, for the expenses of this church, and yes, I am paid generous, very generously and graciously by this church, uh, but that's not the, 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 the point of giving is for the work of God. It's for souls. It's for the glory of God. And, there, and, and for the ministries, we give to missions. We, uh, we try to do things to help uh, poor folks and different things of that nature. Uh, money, somebody says that uh, money is the root of all evil. Is that a true statement? No. What's the true statement? The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money. 
Money's not the root of all evil. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And so uh, I hope that at least among those of you here today, and I would hope for those that, that may be listening that have known me or this church for any time at all, uh, money, if, there, if there is something that I have been, that I have forsaken preaching on, it would be this. Because I've had to skip over a lot of verse, not had to, because pre- I preach right through the Bible, so when it comes to it, I preach on it. But understand, it's not something that we harp on a lot. Um, you know, if you, you know we, dur- during COVID, we quit passing the plates. Now, I enjoyed passing the plates. You know why? Because I had the, I had the mindset of worship. We, have, we sing together, that's worship. Somebody else gets up and sings, and we enjoy them singing and we worship. The plates are passed, and it's worship. The Word is open and it's worship. But uh, during COVID, we quit doing that for obvious reasons. And we just and, and Deidre made a nice little box and we put it in the back. And, and I like that as well. I do. I, I, I like that as well because it, it, at least one thing's for sure, it shows the heart of this church that we aren't trying to get you here to try to get your money, right? That is not the, 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 the goal. And if you know this church and if you know me at all, that ought to be very, very obvious. So, I'm opening up by apologizing for preaching the Bible. Isn't that awful? And I'm not. I'm not going to apologize for preaching the Bible. But I am going to preach the Bible. But I do just want to make a distinction between the absolute garbage of these greedy wolves that are just after people's stuff, and they do it in the name of Christ, uh, versus what the Bible has to say. So what I'd like to do today is to, uh, there's so much to, to be said, I, I want to I try to describe for you in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, I want to look at a group of people who gave, alright? I just want to study a group of people who gave and were commended for their giving. And we'll kind of see where it goes from there, again, th- this this. And again, you know, me, me being all awkward and wanting to apologize for teaching one lesson about it, it's impossible, it's, it's impossible, it feels like, for me to do one lesson on it. But I'm going to do the best I can. But th- there's some other things that I address through here, but just, let's just look at these people and look at some things that we can learn from these people. All right, so look in 2 Corinthians chapter number 8, and here's where, what the Bible begins to talk about. Moreover, brethren... We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. All right, so we are introduced to the people that he's talking about here. He's talking about the churches of Macedonia. Now, one of the things that we learn about the church of Macedonia, this was a, uh, yeah, let's see, this was a region basically in, in what we would, in modern day Turkey, But as we'll see here, notice verse number 2. So it was a group of churches, the churches of Macedonia. Verse number 2. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. All right, so there's a, that's kind of a mouthful. Verse 2 again. A great trial of affliction. So they were going through it. They were going through persecution. They were going through a hard time. But then at the same time, it says the abundance of their joy. Um, so, by the way, the, the, the health and prosperity crowd, and they're still out there today, aren't they? 
If, if you give enough and if you believe enough, you'll be healthy, you'll be wealthy. And it's amazing to me the way they say they'll be wealthy is by giving your money to that televangelist or whoever it is. Uh, but, 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 but all, and, and you'll be healthy. And then all of a sudden you come back and say, well, hey, I gave you all my money, but I'm still not wealthy and I'm still not healthy. And they come back and say, well, you just must not have had enough faith. <laughs> you know, maybe you should give more. Maybe you should sell your car and mortgage your house. These dudes are just uh, evil guys. But uh, these people were being, they, these people were afflicted. They were a group of churches in Macedonia, Gentile churches. They were being afflicted, but they had a lot of joy. They had an abundance of joy. And their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. There's a lot of paradoxical stuff going on in this chapter and in this verse. For one thing, these people were being afflicted. But they had joy. Another thing, it says they were poor. But he says they were rich. Well, how does all this make sense? Well, when you read it, you, you begin to get a picture here. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. And so much that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. So who, which church is Paul writing to in the, in the verses we're reading? The Corinthian church, okay? So he's writing to the church at Corinth, which is a church that is a church of, of means. It's a church of means. It's a church of, um, uh, it's, it's a large church. But he's challenging them on their giving. And so he's trying to use an example of these other Christians, these other churches that were giving. And we're, we'll see in a minute, well, what were they giving for? What was the point of their giving? But he's saying, I want you to look at those churches. And then here's what he says in verse 8, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that He through His poverty might be rich. So the first example He gives of giving is He starts off giving a, a contemporary example. They could relate to. Okay, you guys are a church. Hey, there's this other group of churches up here. These churches, they, they, they're poor, but they became rich. These churches are being afflicted, but they have joy. Then he moves on to a greater example, Jesus Christ. Boy, you talk about someone who gave. Jesus Christ gave so that he would become rich. He gave his life, and I love that. What, what is the riches of Christ? What is, if he gave himself and got riches in turn, what are the riches uh, of Christ? That's right, you. And me, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome. J Jesus went to the cross and said, you know what, I gave, but it was worth it because I was able to save them. That's pretty awesome to me. I, I, I'm rich because of them. That's pretty cool. All right, verse 10, And herein I give my advice, for this is expedient for you, 
who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward from a year ago. Now therefore perform the doing of it, that as ye, but as there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which ye have. For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For I mean not that other men be eased, and ye be burdened, but by an equality that now at this time your abundance may be a supply for their want, that their abundance also may be a supply for your want, that there may be equality. As it is written, he that had gathered much had nothing over, and he that had gathered little had no lack. But thanks be to God, which put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. Titus is uh, being the pastor. He's, he's helping this church right now. And uh, for indeed, uh, he be accepted, or I'm sorry, he be exhorted, being moved forward of his own accord, he went unto you. I'm just trying to look here where I want to, uh, I'd encourage you to read this, the, both of these chapters here. But when you, 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 chapter 8 and chapter 9 are both talking about this grace giving. And that's why I titled this chapter Grace Giving. Now specifically, he's talking about these churches in Macedonia giving money of themselves. Now he's talking to the church at Corinth and he's like, hey, I, a year ago I know y'all said y'all were willing to do it, but you haven't done it yet. I hope you will, I hope you will follow through with your commitment. But specifically, who was the money that they were raising going to? The Jews in Jerusalem. Um, when you start studying, not only about uh, Nero, when you start studying about the plight of the Jews in Jerusalem, uh, but there was uh, Nero, you study about Claudius, you start studying about the way Rome in history began to treat the Jewish people, the church at Jerusalem became, I mean, just very poor. There were people starving, there were people without houses, there were people, uh, I mean, just... I'm talking about in deep, deep affliction and poverty. So what Paul was doing was going around and saying, hey, guys, would y'all be willing to give to help this? Listen, the church started there. You know, Jerusalem, it means so much. Could we give something to help these people back in Jerusalem? And that's where it started at. And so we see with that that he's trying to get Corinth to do that but the cool thing is about Macedonia what did we say about those churches in Macedonia they were also poor and they were also being afflicted but a poor and afflicted church said oh man we want to help we want to help a poor and afflicted church um I can remember uh, well that's I don't know if it's I think it's a pretty good example and not not really because we weren't poor or afflicted but I can remember years ago when I pastored in uh in Pierre, that uh, James Ruckman and them, they were trying to, uh, they were trying to raise uh, some money. They were building a new building there in Hoban when he was in central South Dakota. And uh, they were trying to raise a certain amount of money and however it went. But, I, but, but the church knew about it and we were, you know, friends and got along well with the, the, our churches, worked together a lot. We preached for one another, whatever. Uh, but I just began to share with the church, hey church, this is what's going on. And we didn't have much money, but we had about $5,000, I think, uh, that we had saved up in the church there. You know what the church voted to do? Now, remember, the, we're not in a fancy building at this time. We're in, a, we're in a, a permanent building, but it's a building that needs a lot of work. You know what the church voted to do? 
hey, can we just give out the 5000 that we've saved up and send it up there to help them finish that building? Isn't that pretty cool? We didn't give out of an abundance. We weren't poor. You know, we're in America. Uh, and I know there's American poor and there's third world country poor. But it, it was just an example. The, the heart of that church was to say, let's help them out. Let's help them out with what we've done. And that's a lot like how we see the church of, churches of Macedonia did. And when God wants to commend and show an example of giving, He shows these churches of Macedonia. And so that doesn't mean, because remember, there's a lot of this, there, there's, a, there's a phrase right here that I want you to remember, and you're going to hear it from me, and you may get tired of hearing it, but it's an important uh, principle as we move forward as a church, and especially as we get into, uh, you know, some of us especially dive more into the nuance of, of uh, you know, bylaws, and, 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 and it's just why we do what we do and so forth, that we always need to determine when we're reading the Bible that which is descriptive versus that which is prescriptive. Just because the Bible's describing something doesn't mean that that's the way it's prescribing for you to do. It's just describing it. So it's always important to understand what's descriptive versus what's prescriptive. If you can, if you can get that, that term, if you can't remember it, seriously, write it down because it's an important principle to understand. Because people say, oh, well, the church did this or the Jews did this. I used that as an example not too long ago. We'll get back, we'll finish up Nehemiah after Christmas. But uh, in Nehemiah, uh, Nehemiah stood to read the Word of God, or Ezra did. And what did everyone do when Ezra stood, uh, stood up to read the Word? They all stood. Now, there are some people that say, well, man, if you don't have people stand when you're reading the Word of God, you're being irreverent. And that's just not, you know, you're not respecting the Word of God and on down the line. Where do you get that from? That's your opinion. Yeah, yeah, but in Nehemiah, they all stood. Yeah. It described what they did. It did not prescribe, this is what you must do. You see the example? You see the difference? Because um, people will try to take something that's descriptive uh, and try to base a doctrine on what's descriptive. It's, it's, I'm telling you, it's a, it's a principle that if you will remember it, it will help you greatly in your Bible study to understand and rightly divide the word of truth. When it comes to the churches here at Macedonia, they were giving, and they didn't have a lot, but they were giving of what they had. I'll just throw this in here because it's, it's been... Uh, this is not saying, like I just shared the example of the church in, in Pierre, pretty much giving everything we saved to another church just at the drop of a hat. And by the way, God blessed that, and there was nobody that ever regretted that. But that's not to say that, oh, well, we need to give everything that we've saved up now. You know, let's, whatever. We're not, that's not saying that. But what he is, he's still giving an example of a type of giving that is sacrificial. Not only, and remember, this, this, it's a sacrificial giving on the part of individuals, but really the context of the chapter, it goes to the sacrificial giving of the churches. He talks about the churches, but remember, the churches couldn't have given sacrificially if the people, the poor people weren't giving sacrificially. But the point comes around to this. You know, I, well, you know, it's a good place maybe to start here uh, with that with stuff I don't have written down, which is always really uh, an adventure. But... But I, but I just think about, for instance, uh, when we talk about our church, I'm going back to Acts 15 almost. 
uh, you know, let's get together, let's talk about what do we do about things. Because one thing, you cannot find a chapter and a verse in the New Testament saying, okay, and when you do the budget for 2024, you must, thou must have this category, and thou must have the other category, and, and, and this must be, you don't find that. You don't find that. So what we're left with is biblical principles. Now, especially uh, for many of us, this pattern of giving that we see in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, this pattern of giving has been a pattern that's been used in missions giving. Unfortunately, I feel like some well-meaning pastors do a disservice when they try to preach these verses and say, they were and try to present it as if they were giving to missionaries traveling around the world. Some, I mean, we, p- preachers do a disservice when they do that. That is not what's going on in these verses at all. Uh, you don't even have to read far to figure that out. But however, this is a pattern of giving. In this instance, the pattern of giving in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 was applied to helping the poor saints. But I believe this this same pattern has been used for many years and said, well, let's use that pattern for missions. And that's why you hear the term faith, promise, missions, blah, 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 terms not in the Bible, but they're using this pattern of giving. And that's why I personally enjoy and like faith, promise, uh, missions, giving. In other words, uh, a a given that's that's above and beyond uh, the tithe. You know, that extra offering that goes, what for? So that, I can, so that we as a church can support our missionaries in other countries that are sharing the gospel around the world, which is one thing God did definitely command the church to do, is to preach the, the gospel around the globe. And so we apply that type of giving to missions. That's not exclusively the type of missions that's given there, or the type of uh, giving that they were doing, but it was the pattern they were using. Now, that may answer the question because, you know, one of the, the conversations we've had recently is, you know, there, <laughs> there's some of the church, especially when it comes to our missions fund, that are just like, they see the amount and they're like, oh my gosh, we need to get that money going. We need to get that money out. Why do they have that feeling? This is why. Because it's like, hey, let's, let's give. When it comes to missions, uh, especially, let's give it. You know, we're not giving missions, and, but then there's the other side that are like, you know, I don't want to say other side, but then there's those like, well, hey, we need to keep, you know, we need to keep backup money. And, and I think there's a balance between the two. But I think there's an understanding why the, <laughs> yes or no, were the Macedonian churches being smart in business terms? Hey, so how much we got coming in? Uh... Not very much. We're kind of in the red. Okay. Uh, well, let's have, a, let's have a big fundraiser. Let's give a lot of money. Let's, uh, okay, now we got, we got money. How much came in? Okay, well, finally, we, we had this much come in. What are we going to do with it? We're going to give every bit of it to those other, uh, those other churches and those poor Christians. That's not the way you learn it, right? That's not the way that man would think of it. But what God does is that money came from God to start with anyway, And what many of us have seen, both personally and in our churches, is that when you just keep giving to missions, it's just like a river. It's just like you let let it flow out and God just keeps bringing it in. And the more generous a church is when it comes to giving, 
And in this context, missions giving, what many of us have witnessed is that, oh my goodness, there's, there's more coming in, and now we can do even more for missions. And it's just an amazing thing to see. But these verses kind of explain one of the reasons why people have such... Because one, one of the few prescriptions, or one of the few long descriptions, chapters 8 and 9, that talk about giving in the Bible, uh, talk about giving very liberally. Uh, as churches and of course you could apply the individuals and the churches go together since the church is made up of people but these churches were giving uh not to help missions but to help the poor in the poor uh, churches the poor christians in jerusalem um all right let me let me just say a couple more things here about giving giving is not a debt you owe but a seed you sow you know something I couldn't hardly believe? We were talking a little bit earlier about the, like about the televangelist type people. But man, I couldn't hardly believe, and I don't know if you've ever been in this situation or not, but I can't believe the things I've heard about churches even in, in the region. That, that, that's not even something in California or somewhere like that. Churches that will actually send you like a bill for how much money you owe. The first time I ever heard that, I didn't believe it. You've got to understand where I come from. See, I want to try to understand where you come from while you're, you know, wait, did the church just say, did, did, did Jesse just say something about uh, sense? C-E-N-T-S? Oh, no, no, he was just talking about S-E-N-C-E. Uh, he was just talking about having good sense. Okay. In other words, I'm talking about as soon as money gets brought up, ah! You know, uh, jump off the boat, it's going down, you know. Um, no. But so, there, there's that extreme. But you got to understand where I come from. Never seen anything like that before in my life. I didn't believe it when I first heard it. I didn't believe it when I first heard that. I didn't believe when I first heard, even, uh, even some of the ways that, that, that's an extreme when you actually get something in the mail. Hey, we're building this new building. The, the amount you're supposed to give is $20,000. What? What? Uh... And that does happen, right? It's like I still tell it, and it's like, they were telling me the truth, weren't they? I know it happens. I know people personally that that kind of stuff's happened to. But even the measures that go beyond, there, there's, there's a church uh, that I've heard firsthand that they want your bank account information when you join the church. How crazy is that? Or, or even the ones that, you know, when you, you get those, those envelopes, that, and we have envelopes. Why, why do we get envelopes? The reason for our envelopes is to help. Number one, it helps with accounting, especially if you have things you're designated for. Uh, but number two, it, especially if you are interested in getting your uh, tax information at the end of the year, that helps Dan keep a record of that. I can tell you this right now. I don't know who in this church gives what or if anybody in this church gives anything. The only thing I ever know about uh, the money in this church is I, every week I, I get a, a, an email that just says the number that came in. That's it. I purpose, purposefully, as a pastor, have never been interested in knowing if or what anybody gave. Don't care. Money does not pass through these hands. I've made that a point. When we very first started the church, I'll tell you this, some of you know it, uh, some of you were there at the very first service. I mean, it's just wonderful thinking about, you know, uh, Gene, Richard, and I, uh, Dan's, I don't think, here yet, but there's, there's several, if I don't want to miss anybody. The very first service, they were here, uh, or there, in the storefront. 
Well, I didn't have a bank account, so I, didn't, I, I had a personal bank account, but I didn't have one for the church set up because we weren't, uh, you know, like legally set up as a church at that time. So uh, I didn't take an offering that first Sunday. And so, as I often do, at the end of the service, I went back and stood at the back door like I do now, you know, uh, you know uh, bidding people adieu and whatever. And, and, and as I'm uh, standing, people are coming by, Pastor, you didn't take up an offering here. And people are giving me money as they walk out the door. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do with this? So what I did is I went up to the bank and I said, hey, I need to start a bank account. Uh, how, how am I going to go about doing this? We're not legally recognized as a church yet. And, uh, and so they told me the steps to go through. And uh, there's some, uh, some funny terminology that goes along with that also. But they, they told me the steps to go through to where I could open up an account. Everything that, that was given to me that day went right into that account that we started with. And probably for a couple of weeks uh, after that, people are giving me money and I'm just taking it up there and putting it in the bank. Uh, you say, can you prove that? And I can't prove that I gave it all, can I? But I promise you I did. But as soon as I possibly could, Dan was already coming to the church at that time. He was there at the very first service. He says, hey, is there anything I can help with? I was like, man, I don't want to touch this money. I don't want to touch it. I don't want nothing to do with this money. Uh, and he's like, hey, I'll, I'll take care of it for you. I'll, you know, I, I'll get somebody. We'll count it. It goes on to this day. We'll try to, you know, make sure there's checks and balances. We'll, we'll count it. We'll write it down. Then, then, then after we agree that this is what came in, then that's what goes to the bank. And then you can see the deposit. That's what the deposit. Long story short, as a pastor, I just want you to know that when it comes to the money, no, I'm not interested. I'm not, I don't want that. Um, but so it blows my mind when I've heard about people getting bills from the church. I, it's, I, I, literally, it's, it's, uh, so, you, so the background I came from, folks, just wasn't like that. I came from a background, got saved when I was 16 years old, started in the church. I was taught about giving. I'm like, okay, that's a, I'm brand new saved. I had no other context of giving before, ever. And so it's just like, okay, uh, you give 10% plus an offering. That's what I was taught. And I'm just like, okay, uh, I'll start doing that. And that was hard to do. Uh, and by the way, let me tell you something. If you think it's hard to do with $100, it's even harder to do with $1,000, right? Uh, you think it's hard to write that $10 check or $15 because you, you give that extra offering. Uh, man, it's harder when you're like, oh my gosh. Uh, but it's like, you know what, Lord, I believe this is what you want me to do based on the Word of God, so I'm going to do it. And you know what I found out? Man, I've been just been blessed. I would sit down, we were, we were newly married, and I'm telling you, but again, I say by American standards, but man, we were poor when we got married. <laughs> we were. Uh, I, I, was, I, was, I was working a couple jobs trying to uh, get the bills paid, uh, but I struggled to get the bills paid, and I'm telling you, we weren't, we weren't eating out, we didn't have cable, we didn't have any of this, uh, we weren't smoking, we weren't doing any of that stuff, but we had trouble making the bills. Um, but you want to know the first thing that I always took care of, and, I, and this is when I started seeing things turn around, and this is where the televangelists steal from God, by the way, just kind of red alert here. We put God, the Bible says, honor, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all thine increase. Honor the Lord with the first fruits of all thine increase. So I started sitting down and saying, you know what, I'm just, I'm, before I pay anything, I'm going to give to God. I'm going to give to God. And you know what I started seeing? Things turn around in my life when I put God first. Because just like it is with many things with God, it doesn't always add up on paper. It doesn't always add up on paper. But I began to see God bless. Uh, th then I got challenged about giving to missions. And I started giving to missions above that which I was given. And that was really scary. 
But you know what I saw right away? I saw God take care of it. I saw, and, and whether God took care of it or not, it doesn't matter. But He did take care of it. I, I did put Him first, and He did honor that. I'm just telling you all this to say that I have been blessed since I have been a Christian to be in, in, in churches and be in an environment to where the idea of some preacher trying to get rich, the idea of some church billing you for what you owe or compelling you and pushing you to give is something I can't relate to. I can't relate to that. Uh, so kind of that's where I come from. So it should make it easier to talk about these things, but it doesn't necessarily do that. Uh, so giving is not a debt you owe, it's a seed you sow. It's a form of worship. From the very beginning, people have been giving, whether it's giving in, in the sacrifice of an animal or in other ways. People give, God blesses. There's so many, I, I wanted to get into more of just studying these people, but one of the reasons why, you know, we talk about the love of money being the root of all evil. Uh, man, if there's, one of the real reasons that God challenges us when it comes to our giving is that if there's anything that can get a hold of the heart of man, it's money. Anybody know that's right? And I'm not just talking about people with a lot of money. How many of you know, if you've ever been poor, you know that some poor people can be just as greedy and, uh, and struggle with money more than anybody. All right? But, but you know, you ever think about this? Money, Jesus said it this way. He said, you can't serve God and money or mammon, he said. You can't, you can't make that your God because what man has a tendency to do is to make money his God. And money makes the same promises. God says, hey, put me first and I'll take care of you. Money says the same thing. God says, hey, hey, walk in my way and, and you'll have joy and you'll have peace. What does money, money say? Money says, hey, you'll have joy if you have me. You'll have peace if you have me. Money makes all the promises that God makes. Nothing wrong with money. I'll, I'll throw this in there. You may not, I, this was interesting. This is something I just saw for the first time here recently. I knew this with Paul, but did you know that there, the, the Bible mentions a few women that, G, that, that worked along with Jesus and walked along with Jesus, uh, women of means, women of wealth, that helped give to Jesus during his earthly ministry? A lot of people don't know that. You kind of miss that part when you're reading in there, but Paul definitely did. And so, God, there's nothing wrong with money, God, and there's nothing wrong with being, being wealthy at all. Um, but the problem is, rich or poor, the problem isn't if you got wealth, right? Or if you got money, if it's, mo if it's, if, if, if it's money that has you. <laughs> when money's got you, that's when you're in trouble, right? And that can happen to, again, somebody with, uh, with $50 in the bank, or it can ha happen to somebody with, you know, $50 billion in the bank. So it's, it's a challenge sometimes, but ultimately we learn that we just put God first, and God blesses it. Uh, this church, these churches of Macedonia were the example of giving that was given in the New Testament. People that gave, why? To be a blessing, to glorify God, and to be a help to somebody else. Uh, once again, I'm trying to stop since I never hardly got started in my notes here. Uh, let me read this little section here and see if this can help me get somewhere, uh, as in done. Through giving, we have the opportunity to invest in an eternal harvest. As we give to God's work, we are investing in the lives, in lives that are being changed for eternity. We give primarily not because we owe Christ a great debt, but because His grace is in our hearts, makes us want to give. 
The Macedonian Christians knew this so thoroughly that they gave to the Lord even out of their deep poverty. And 2,000 years later, we can learn from their example. To set the context for this generous giving, remember that in the first century, churches were being planted rapidly. Some of these churches were strong and fruitful. Others, particularly in areas of heavier persecution, were weak and needy in the extreme. Sometimes Paul would write to one church and ask them to take an offering above the tithe for the need of another church. And that's kind of what we see here. Um, man, I don't even know. Um, I'm just going to stop. But the one thing I can say is that, you know, and, and here's the thing. Remember, I don't care much what you do. Yeah, Richard. I'm going to repeat that, Rich, where you go on. I just thought that's a good statement. Talk about their liberality in their poverty, about how sometimes that attachment to riches brings bondage with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And not so Yes, yeah, because and that's one of the great examples of this church also. Thank you, Richard. Uh, Richard said that the times of giving of himself, giving of his time, giving of talent or whatever, the blessing and that, and that's one of the things that this church did. It says, yeah, they gave, but they gave their own selves first. They gave themselves first. And uh, absolutely, that is uh, a definite path of blessing. And, and it just reminded me of something else there, too, that I'll just say uh, as we close, that how blessed I was in the sense of I, I thought about there was a time in my life when I, you know, I knew what the Bible said about how that God would bless you if you gave, right? Um, and God blessed us, but it wasn't like, I wasn't like the dude on TV that's driving a Rolls Royce because he gave, okay? Nothing like that. And I'm just like, Lord, it's still hard. We're still, I mean, we're getting by and we're blessed, but, you know, uh, but, but I remember one day I, sat, I, I was standing beside a man uh, in the church. He, he was a... Uh, he was a cowboy. He ran a ranch out near uh, Fort Pierre, right by, right by a buffalo, Triple U Buffalo Ranch, where Dances of Wolves was found. He was right out that way, out west of the way. And I went with him when he had just uh, went up to the hospital. They had just had their first baby girl. And I'm standing there, go meet him, and we're standing in the window, standing there at the window, looking in on the babies. And he says, "I'll tell you, Pastor." He said, uh, "He said, man, he said you couldn't, you couldn't give me all the ranches in the world for that girl right there." And it's cool how sometimes as a preacher, God uses other people to preach to you because he preached to me right there. And it just, it just hit me. I'm like, because this guy's a rancher, but now he wasn't, he wasn't like a million dollar rancher. He was more of a, uh, he was more of a steward. He really more worked this ranch for, you know, the, the wealthy man. So for him, his dream would be to have his ranches, you know, and I mean, just, uh, but he said, you, you know what, in perspective, there's no ranch that can, that can match this girl. And it hit me. I started thinking, oh, my goodness. Hey, let me think about it.
about the things because the thing, the thing that real giving can teach you is, is, is it affects your heart in the sense that you start counting your wealth in things that money can't buy. And I started thinking to myself, man, what about my wife? What about my children? What about how good God's been to me? And I, it's like this guy started revealing to me, yeah, you know what? Uh, no, you're not driving a Rolls Royce. You're doing something a lot better than driving a Rolls Royce or a Lamborghini or having some big mansion somewhere. There's, I, I have, I have uh, multiple things that could, you couldn't buy one of the things I have with all that stuff combined, whether it's a child, whether it's joy, whether it's peace, whether it's liberty that Richard mentioned. So uh, anyway, I hope nobody leaves here saying, well, you know what that church is about now, or nobody watches and says, well, 